episode 69 yeah i'll keep the 12 year old in me at bay <laughs> while we're actually doing this song <laughs> gross today on from a to ziggy crack city Uh, welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order and discuss that song. Uh, my name's Thomas. And I'm Travis. And today's episode is a very special, it's a top, <laughs> topical episode. It's a message episode. Yes. Oh, man, I hope you can find some good piano music to lay over this today on a very special episode of From A to Ziggy. We're going to be addressing a growing problem in cities around America the problem of crack. Uh, yeah, Crack City is the song we're talking about. Yeah, so this is, uh, we're going back to Tin Machine. 1989, the original eponymous album with no numerals following it. Bowie Gabrell's sales, sales, and sometimes Armstrong, the vowels. <laughs> He's like, up. he is the Y of Tin Machine. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a message, message song. Yeah. Back in the late 80s, you may remember the uh, Just Say No campaign of Nancy Reagan. The uh, crack epidemic of the 80s, some would say also brought to you by the Reagans. Mm. Um, <laughs> one of the hardest things to write a cool rock and roll song about is about drugs being bad. I, I disagree. because uh, And I don't even really like this band, but... I'll uh, I'll push it as an, a, a cool anti-drug song, a good anti-drug song, "Under the Bridge," by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, it's a you know. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of a I'm, I'm clouded song, by like but, how overplayed it is. Yeah, it, it is. But at its core, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, songs about how you yourself are coming off of a terrible drug uh, situation are usually good. I think that's songs the key. that wag a finger and say drugs are bad. I think that's are the key. Pretty bad. Yeah, the ones that wag the finger are like watching Nancy Nancy Reagan on yeah. the TV telling you not to do something. Yeah, which is where this song kind of starts to. I don't believe that Nancy Reagan ever smoked crack. I I would be inclined to agree with that. Pull quote. They they did come up through Hollywood though, so I bet there was some forms of cocaine. Oh man, just imagine. Yeah. Oh man, thank you, Travis, for putting that in my mind. <laughs> I'm never gonna let that go. We're gonna speculate that the, I want to commission Reagans were blowing rails of coke. I want to commission a uh, a painting of the Reagans. <laughs> Just do it, blowing rails on the set of Newt Rockne All American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Internet, go. Oh yeah, I don't have to commission it. I can just if you, if you announce something. On yeah, the if internet, you say something on the internet, happen. it just usually comes into fruition. Yeah, it just it's already there. Yeah, probably. And this song also kind of does something that's a little, some people would find annoying in that. So basically, so this was recorded in the Bahamas. And it's that really uncomfortable, this, I'm kind of, I'm changing my thought a little bit. I'm kind of shifting gears away from my original thought. But so this song is about being in what is generally a resort area where people go on vacation and people serve them colorful drinks on ice and you sit by a pool or on a pristine beach but you never leave the confines of the resort because beyond the confines of the resort are the realities of tropical areas and those realities are terrible. Right. That's why, like, there's, like when you're younger and you see commercials for, like, sandals and everything, you're like, yeah, I would love to go to that. And then when you get older and you learn the realities of it, you're like, this, this is terrible. Yes. This, you would, I shouldn't say you're default a terrible person because I know some great people who have gone on resort vacations. 
some good people yeah. have gone to resorts. So this is ba- this song is basically about David Bowie's experience of going beyond the confines and going to see what Nassau is all about and being kind of horrified by it because it's yeah it's a bad situation. Is that the story here? Is that is that what inspired this? That that was the impression song? that I got off of the interwebs. Um, and yeah, crack is a very dangerous drug. It is. It's, uh, pretty serious. Reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street. I, I want to say it's no laughing matter, but that scene in Wolf of Wall Street was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I feel terrible for saying that. Um, but it was. Uh, yeah, so this is, this is a warning. Bowie's warning the children to stay away from the Candyman, to stay away from Mr. Sniffentel, which is a, a wonderfully evocative... That's just Bowie, classic Bowie cheek. Yeah, which is good that there's some of that in there, because, man, there are some considerably less evolved lyrics which, in this song. Which, uh, apparently, upon thinking, when I think about it, is probably a drug reference, sniff and tell, like snorting. snorting oh, yeah, it totally is, yeah. When I, the first time I heard this song, all the times I heard this song before, I assumed it was like, uh, what's the fetish where like you sniff bicycle seats of uh, that women have been... <laughs> Writing um, I didn't know that had a name. It or that was a specific thing, even. <laughs> it, yeah, it has a name. I tried to Google it, and all I could come up with was either snarfing or quumfing, but that, those don't seem right. Those don't seem like the things that my father-in-law told me about when I was 18. Yeah, and so don't, don't trust the, uh, the drug dealers. Don't get wrapped up in that whole world. And also don't trust the rock stars, the icon monsters. That, is, is, that part I thought was kind of cool, like... I mean, it's, it's corny, but cool how he's kind of, you know, like, hey, rock star, stop perpetuating this nonsense. I mean, I know it's coming from our personal place since Bowie was so gone in the 70s. Yeah. So he knows how bad it is. Do you think he's acknowledging, uh, do you think he's accepting some, uh, he's holding himself accountable? Yeah. As a rock star. Do you think, do you think he feels he sort of perpetuated that or glorified drug culture? I'm sure there's a little bit of that guilt. Because there's none, there, there aren't the kinds of things in his songs that you find in, other, in a lot of other songs, like the psychedelic imagery, or like, you know, tune in, turn on, drop out, kind of. There aren't those kinds of lyrics in his songs, but he was clearly... The song doesn't have to be blatantly saying this song is about how drugs are cool to say drugs are freaking cool in a song. I'm thinking more of his television appearances. When you see him so emaciated and yeah. he's having trouble forming sentences. But um, I say that, I say he didn't really glorify drugs, but he did kind of try to normalize them in albums like Diamond Dogs and Station to Station. Yeah, because you listen to it and it's like, this sounds like something that was made on drugs and yeah. I want to try these drugs because they made this sound amazing. So whether he intended to or not, yeah, I think I guess he did sort of make it look like a like an exciting fun thing. Yeah. So is this 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 is maybe Bowie kind of trying to make up for that? I guess. Or um, he's, yeah. he sort of takes on the role of the protector. He's he's warning warning the children. Yeah. Um, uh, calls out the master dealer. This is one verse that I really like. Condemns and curses the master dealer. May the may his worst nightmares and paranoia befall him. Uh, I like the hounds of paranoia. It kind of sounds like the bizarro version of Bob Dylan's Forever Young. 
wishing all may all I, I can't I wish I can remember mm. all the lyrics off the top of my head but he's like may you're this and this and this and may like but it's all like wishing someone well oh yeah and whereas this the it's attitudes. like may your death be on your brow may razor slash your main line and yeah like, oh those are such those are so cool ba- those, those lines are badass enough to make up for and I can't you know we'd be remiss if we didn't at least address uh, the greatest terrible line in the history of pop music I think I know where you're where you're where you're going yes and uh, if you're sensitive of of constitution, yes. just plug your ears. If you're offended by foul language and people in their forties writing lyrics that sound like they were by a twelve year old. Because even these... with the bleeping, this is going to sound terrible. So yeah, these drug dealers—they're just a bunch of assholes with buttholes for their brains. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that's from the same person who created Scary Monsters. That line right there. That person wrote changes. <laughs> That person also, also, <laughs> also wrote My Girl Calls Me Up, Hi Dave, and felt that was, the, those were some of his worst lyrics. Now, he didn't say they were the worst lyrics, and I wonder if he had this in the back of his mind. He had to have. I wonder if that's what Reeves Cabrales was trying to point out when he said, forget about 10 machine lyrics, even. Yeah. At that same had to be. show. Because that's the thing, is when you watch the live version of this... The song is so much better when, like, the lyrics are so... The recording's not very good, and there's so much reverb in the building that you yeah. can't really make out what he's saying, and it just sounds like a really cool rock and roll song. Yeah. It sounds kind of like uh, Wild Thing, the Jimi Hendrix version, because it kind of nicks that whole riff. Yeah. And drumline from Wild Thing. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a better song if it's not this song. If it, if it <laughs> pretends to be another song. Yeah, my note said it's the most banal use of profanity in any Bowie song. And there's yeah. lots, there's, there's, there's some more, too. I mean, uh, along those same lines, various permutations of... Uh, basically, it's very scatological. And, but it's, but that's, I think, I think what he was going for in writing the lyrics was to be in line with that whole growling, snarling, rock band, raw yeah. kind of energy. Which I guess kind of works. Well, he said it was a first draft, right? It wasn't even. Well, that was the whole the whole idea uh, with the Tin Machine lyrics. Is the rest of the band in their democratically formed partnership? There, they convinced him not to rewrite any lyrics. So no rewrites. And so this is just sort of raw first draft poetry here. Actually, I've actually never really thought those lines were that cringe-inducing they work for me they work okay for me they're bad but they work okay for this song mainly because i never really pay too much attention to this song yeah i don't know it just sounds like the kind of insult that a 12 year old would hurl at someone if they're really struggling to like insult someone back like yeah. you're just an asshole with a butthole for a brain yeah. like they're really digging deep yeah nothing's yeah. really resonating up here so you just got to get something out yeah it's not good but, you know, when you're active as a songwriter for, like, 40 years, you can have some clunkers in there. It's just law of averages. Yeah. yeah. Bowie was interviewed in Melody Maker. As far as the, the banality of this song, this, the, the, the non, non-poetic nature of, of these lyrics, he was interviewed in Melody Maker. He said, I don't want to go on preaching, but I've only heard a few anti-drug songs, and frankly, I don't think many people are writing them, but I've not heard one that's effective because they're all intellectual. 
they're all literate and they're all written for other writers. As opposed to this song, which I guess the the idea here was to just write something dumb. Just, yeah, plain speak, dumb it down. And yeah, yeah, this is definitely not written for writers. Yeah. If you're a writer, you're not going to appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, if you're a writer, this song might actually make you smoke crack. <laughs> oh. oh, we were talking about Beck last episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, as soon as I said that, that song just popped into my brain, too. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that, that version of the loser single or you have the u.s version? yeah i believe this is the u.s version yeah. it's just got like alcohol yeah, bum, bummer alcohol soul sucking jerk and fume alcohol and fume those are two drug songs yeah i love fume yeah be one of my favorite based on a true story um velvet underground yeah you know Slider i didn't even pick up on that the first time around and apparently not meant to be a slight on lou reed but we told Q magazine. I don't buy it. Because Lou is clean, he says. And he, it's, he, he's, well, so it's, it's not that he's not referencing the Velvet Underground, but basically just like that whole, that whole late 60s scene yeah. with uh, the drugs being a big sort of part of the culture. And that's the, the Velvets being sort of a soundtrack for that whole thing. Yeah. They are, Velvet Underground is basically the official heroin soundtrack. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That, At least that, that, that way. But first album, of course. This song has a false ending, which I didn't realize until actually paying attention to the song for this episode. And I went, I tried to think of other songs that have false endings. Um, but luckily on the internet, you don't have to think. You can just uh, yeah, ask a question to exactly. Google and you get all the answers. So. Helter Skelter pops into my head immediately. That was one I thought of, and also yeah. Strawberry Feels Forever. Yeah, Beatles were really good at that. Cry Baby Cry. Does it have that? Yeah. So it fades out, and then it comes back in, and then ends again yeah yeah actually I, I the part they tacked on us uh, like i would like it better if it was just like a 30 second like its own song like in between songs oh i know what you mean the, the cry baby cry has like that yeah Can you take me back yeah part yeah like yeah, it's a I good really part think... but like it it it, were, it would work better as its own song because i like cry baby cry in and of itself they should have done the don't sit down given it the don't sit down treatment we'll get there Roxy Music, In Every Dream Home a Heartache. There's a great song. And then there's the, do you know the band Medicine? They had no. a, They had a song on the Crow soundtrack, uh, Time Baby 3. But they were like this weird, this shoegaze, really, really, really metallic and crunchy guitar sound. So pretty much exactly what you would picture something from the Crow soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. except the, the Crow version, they sort of softened up. But uh, they had a song never click it's it's got a false fade out but then just when you think it's gonna keep on fading out instead of fading back in it just sort of like jumps back into it full volume it's really kind of jarring oh and to recall something from like maybe 10 minutes ago fume fume yeah it's been a while since I actually heard it. I know it's got multiple it's got sort of multiple movements to it yeah it's like there's the kind of like acoustic weird folky part and then it ends and then it's just noise and screaming oh, now I've got that song in my head and I love it yeah so cool false endings that's a cool trick yeah um, covers alternate versions you know find any didn't find any there's one I found Space Hog on the Hamsters of Rock live EP really 
did a version in 1996. I gotta check that out. Space Hog's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and of course it's uh, it's on an EP with the song Candyman. Uh, of course it is. So, um, how about we get to ratings for this song? I really like the music, but the lyrics really are just not good. Not good at all. Save for the part where he's like smiting the master dealer. Yeah, How many I'd, hounds of paranoia would you give it? I'd give it... Ha ha hounds of paranoia. Two and a half ha-ha hounds of paranoia. Sort of in the middle there. Yeah. Kind of the middling. Yeah. Song. Not that great. I, I'm sort of I'm sort of there too. I, I'd give it two. Two ha-ha hounds of paranoia. It's not... Maybe even one, you know? Yeah. There's, some of these have to be ones. We gotta, we gotta do some ones. Uh, yeah. Not a great song. Just not a great song. One Hound of Paranoia. Alright, well that's all the time we have for uh, Crack City. <laughs> that's all the time we have. Join us next time for... Let's see, we're talking about cracks and, and crack and getting cracked and... So now we're gonna if buy you, If you smoke crack, you might, you might get cracked, as in crazy. And, uh, and you just won't know how to act. Oh man, I think we're I think we're on the verge of a, an early '80s uh, rap song. <laughs> it's 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 happening. Our name is from A to Ziggy, and we're here to say, <laughs> stay off drugs, and you'll be okay. So you can follow us on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Get in touch with us. We'd love to know your thoughts on Crack City and crack in general and cities in general. Yeah, let us know what you think. Are they whack? What else? From ZiggyCom, uh, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those wonderful things. Until next time, my name's Thomas. My name's Travis. Stay out of Crack City.